It's that time of week, the time you've been waiting for. It's time for Goat Gab, a weekly podcast about all things in the dairy goat industry. Sit back and enjoy an hour or so with your hosts, Laura Warren Hughes and Cameron Jedlowski, as we talk about ideas and topics that matter to the dairy goat world. Hi, listeners. Just a brief comment that the quality of this recording isn't up to our usual standards, but I hope that the fun aspect of it, of being ringside at the national show, makes up for it. So, enjoy! Welcome, Goat Gappers. We are live from the American Dairy Association National Show, and we are truly sitting around the tack tent here, drinking some Trulies, and visiting with some friends. So, Laura? Hey, guys. So, every time we get somebody to come on here, we always say, don't worry about it. It's like you're sitting around a tack pen just talking and, and shooting the breeze like you do with your friends at the show. Well, guess what? We are totally doing that this time. So, uh, sitting around Cameron and Ed's tack pen. Um, I'm sitting in a... Huh, what am I sitting on? The 2018 Adga National Show Champion Sable Chair. Uh, we've got people sitting on buckets and all kinds of stuff. So just sitting around the tack pen. All right. So let's go around and introduce ourselves. We're going to have some friends um, join us as well here. So I'm going to go ahead and start over here um, with my favorite intern uh, here today. So go ahead, Kate. Open us up. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm Kate Hinkle. I have been lucky enough to spend the week with the Jaboskis, helping them with their goats and getting them already for the show. Yeah. Hi, I'm Anna, and I'm... That's fine. Erica Streeter from St. Louis, Missouri, and we have Whitson Farm. We're a pretty new farm, but we have a couple breeds that kept us busy all week, and we've been having so much fun. Uh, hi, I'm Seth Blake, and I'm from Ohio, and I'm from Thornwood Dairy Goats, and I have uh, Toggenbergs and Purebred Alpines. And why might people know your name, Seth? Um, I was the 2019 um, Adga Youth Representative Woo-hoo! in Oregon, so, yeah. All right, I am Devin Miller with Shiloh Farms Dairy Goats, and I partner with Whitson Farm, so we've just been enjoying the week showing dairy goats at the National Show. Uh, my name is Tori. Uh, I'm Joe with Morganstar Farm. Um, doing it since 2010. And I flew all the way in all down from Hawaii so I could be at the show this past week. From Hawaii? Yeah. Well, so you surfed here from Hawaii? No, that'd be really long, yeah. really long trip. Yeah. 16 hours or something in the air was more than enough. <laughs> yeah. I'd say so. Well, nothing exciting from Dr. Ed. I'm just here. My usual self making an appearance on Goat Gap, but I really can't top somebody who's here from Hawaii. That's really <laughs> unbelievable. We are so excited to have them. Oh, we've got a couple more people joining us. <laughs> uh, would you introduce yourselves? You just put pizza in your mouth. My bad. My bad. Yeah. yeah, just tell us yeah. who you are. I'm Christina McGuire of Crosslight Farm, and I'm awesome. Awesome. Come on in, y'all. James Cooper to Freak Off Acres. 
All right, James is joining all us. Right. James has been busy showing all those goats for all these other people. Yeah, just really one person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, introduce yourselves and tell everybody who's here. It's Grace Toy, everybody. Yeah. She's here. And awesome. you have been serving up the drinks I've all been night. All of the only waters only for this crew right here. So. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you are? All right, Laura's here too. Laura, all right. Are you eating sushi? That's amazing. All right. Well, this is pure chaos, but I love it here today. So we're going to be talking about the national show, the experience here. Uh, and really just. Getting the full go gap vibe, as I call it here today, uh, of being able to sit in the tack pens and enjoy shooting the crap with your friends, I'll call it. Yeah. About guns there. Oh, right. Okay, so the first thing we want to talk about here today at this national show is there's been some craziness that's happened. Um, and as our good friend who did not introduce himself, Ryan, pointed out, um, we should talk about some of the craziness that's happened here at the national show. So, Devin, what's the craziest thing or maybe the highlight of what you've seen here at the national show um, that might be a little different than previous GO Show experiences? Um, well, I wouldn't say necessarily different coming from the Missouri State Fair, but as I was walking back towards my pants, I saw six feet of water streaming into the air and a massive a uh, puddle of water began to pull around a drain that started flooding pins and ended up taking out 12 of one farm's pins. Twelve, so that's 12 pins that got taken out of here. Wow, we have a whole crowd of people that's coming in here about the craziness here. Come on in. Go Gab Live experience here. Um, let's go. Let's, Caroline, you had a little bit of excitement tonight here. What's kind of been your highlight of this national show? Come on in, Caroline here. Um, I got to show a junior national champion today. Yay! That's fun and exciting here. Laura, what's been great about this national show for you? Well, getting to spend time with people that I love. And my daughters. No, I mean, I love my daughters. <laughs> No, it's been a great, it's been great. So, you know, you talk about odd things that happen. When Devin talked about that flooding, it was really kind of bizarre because it happened like right in the middle of the, of the show. And they stopped the show and they said, we have an emergency situation. And I'm like, holy crap, what happened? You know, it was pretty weird. So You know, it was funny. On the way back from Texas Roadhouse, me and my dad were talking about that. I had never seen anything like that where there was a mass exodus of about 150 people from the Nubian and Alpine show, leaving and running back to their pens, wondering what had been destroyed or who needed to build an ark or were the Nigerians underwater or not. So, Well, uh, some of us missed the announcement, so all we saw was, were like people running. So, like, <laughs> it was a little more scary, like, where's the tornado shelter? Oh. Like, it, was, it was a little crazy. The purge is happening. Yeah, the purge, <laughs> the purge is happening there. I think the whole Alpine show had a weird vibe to it because of the interruption there. But then the next day, we were interrupted by a judge getting ill, which uh, I think is pretty unprecedented for like all the national shows I've been to. I've never seen that happen. And, and I mean, that was like, that was really strange. I think we were in the two-year-old class for two hours and about two hours and 40 minutes. So they could get everything kind of straightened out with having 
someone else come in and be consultant, which just gave kind of a, a different vibe to the show when you, you know you start one way, but end the same note. Fortunately, there was somebody here to. Yes, and, and, and take care of that. Yes, and we're thankful for that. I do believe Pete Snyder was one of the top or top vote getters of people in the national show ballot. So it made kind of sense and I'm thankful he was here and the show was able to go on, as they would say. It it really was pretty seamless. I mean honestly, poor Pete, you know, I know he is or if I was in Pete's shoes, I'd be sitting there thinking, Ooh, everybody else is dressed up, I'm wearing jeans. Uh oh, this isn't good, but Man, he just stepped in and just well, went I, about it. It was cool. I flew in Monday night, so Monday the whole day I was watching pictures from the show, everything like that, and I saw Pete in pictures wearing boots or wearing jeans. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> I didn't find out until I got here that, you know, my judge had gotten ill. So it was just really cool to, to see that somebody was in was available and able to step up to take the role. Kind of makes you wonder if, like, in future years, that they'll have, like, backup plans or, you know, alternate judges picked. Like, understudy. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or will we see some type of new policy, some type of contingency plan, or do we have some type of protocol for this? Because, let's be real, in this, in this world we live in, crazy stuff happens. Who would have thought we'd be talking about the flood of 2022 yeah. at the National <laughs> Show, okay? <laughs> but moving right along here today, um, I think we saw one of the most historic um, showings of the Nigerian North breed here with quality and large classes. Um, and, and, I, and I say that here, I mean, I know you want to talk here, James. So, James, I know you were in the thick of it. So why don't you talk a little bit about the Nigerian dwarf breed and some of the craziness of those classes. One thing I will say, this is by far one of the top shows I've seen from top to bottom. This was an incredible show in terms of just overall quality of animals from top to bottom. Even animals that were cut, it was just a very overall good show. Um, I fortunately had the honor of showing the junior national champion this year also had the honor of uh, showing the reserve senior champion this year so one thing i will say is that anybody that has been cut from classes this and that you know when you're dealing with classes with 60 70 at one point i think there was even one class with 80 animals in it you know don't be discouraged when it comes to being cut because at that point when you get to that top 20 Several judges are pulling hairs. Ed has judged national shows. And when you get to the point of pulling 20 animals out of 40, 50, 60 animals, you know, it's you're counting single points at that point. You're not looking at just the animals that stand out in that ring. Yeah. From somebody who is sitting ringside, um, serving as a secretary for the other breed that was showing at the time, you get a lot of time that you can look over and see. I was totally blown away with the quality of animals that were in that Nigerian show. I mean, really, honestly, I think the quality overall has been very high in all the breeds. You know, when you look at, at these little milking animals and these rear udders with 
beautiful height, the beautiful width, the T placement and medials and extended four-outers. And they're walking like little machines, you know, just level and correct. I think every Nigerian breeder should break their arm off patting themselves on the back because they just, they're just beautiful little productive dairy breeds. I mean, it's just impressive. I think, I think they'll also beyond just the Nigerians, and that was a whale of the show. Yeah. I would say my hat's off to the over-hustling breeders. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a show. I, I say that from the perspective of someone who's judged a national show in over and looking at where we were back, you know, seven years ago when I judged to now, it's just unbelievable the quality of the Oberhausen show. It's just breathtaking. Those were just gorgeous animals. They were. And, and again, there was not a class out there, because that was the show I got, got to be secretary for. There was not a class out there where you could look at the animal who was standing in last place and say, Oh gosh, why did that animal come? I mean, they were all they were all just beautiful. I would have been proud to hold the collar of any of those animals. They were just they were beautiful. Well Well speaking of that, we've got some Nubian breeders around here. Um, I would say really started the show off with a bang, um, with tremendous set of reasons given, very descriptive and detail oriented reasons with um, uh, the primary judge being Mark Baden and doing a phenomenal job on that there. Um, but it was an incredibly large Nubian show, and we saw a vast diversity of goats, not only just from the East Coast here, but the West Coast. So, Grace, I'm going to look at you. You had the opportunity to show some Nubians here. And, Christina, we're going to come back to you here. But talk about your experience in this big Nubian show here. Um, I think I went well, I've been doing a lot myself, so I got to watch um, some of it. Um, I think what was interesting to me, maybe, you know, there was a lot of different styles in Nubian, but even looking beyond that, it was neat to see um, Jeremy, who's a first-time national show judge, and heard with Mark, who's done it several times, the instruction and how they work together um, right off the bat at the start of the show. Um, so overall, though, I think it went pretty well. A lot of beautiful Nubians um, to see. And so, Christina, what were your thoughts on the Nubian show here? Well, I can't complain because I did the best I've ever done. I will say that I thought the judges took the time to look at each individual animal. And they, Mark specifically took the time to really pick out who was best in groups of five. And I just, I loved it. Um, I did really well. I can't complain, but um, I learned a lot. I saw some animals that I want genetics from, and I want to, it's, it's made me want to leave here and breed better and stronger and come back and, and beat the West Coast. Go East Coast. <laughs> East Coast Nubians are awesome. Um, shout out J&M Hideaway. Um, but it's, it's let me, it's, it's given me this feeling that I want to leave here and just breed better and do better and come back stronger. Um, but I thought it was an overall very good Nubian show, but like I said, I, I did very well. So I'm pretty, pretty biased with how I placed. Thank you, Mark you, and Jeremy. It makes you feel better when you do well. I mean, yes. there, come on, there's no, there's no getting around that. I didn't do good last year, so, you know, it was a good year to ask me how I feel. But I, but I think, Christina, you said what's 
really important is it made me motivated to go home and breed better animals. Yes, yes. And I bet everybody here who's breeding dairy goats feels the same way. I'm going to go home and I'm going to take away some nugget yep. from this national show. And, you know, I've been going to national shows since 1988. And I'm still every year going home with, with a new, new plan, a new yep. thought. Just based on what I've seen here. And I took, I took up some new showmanship skills, too, that I didn't know. I feel like I'm a better showman now. That's a great transition. We've got some youth in the audience, as I'll call them here, in this crowd of here. So I'm looking at you, Annika, Caroline, Devin, even a little bit here. Let's talk about what happened on Sunday at the youth events here. And did y'all, first off, have a good time during the youth events? Absolutely. You did yes. not have a good time. I would agree with that. Well, One slightly stressful, but definitely fun. I would agree. You know, I believe, and I said this on the microphone, that that Adka does some not great stuff right now. But one thing they do tremendously well is that they do the youth events correctly. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so they do the youth events correctly and do the highest level possible. There. So why don't we start with Annika here? Because I know you haven't talked a lot, Annika. Let's talk about your experience in the youth events here. What was how about what was the best part of youth events, um, and maybe what you thought about the events on Saturday? Um, definitely the best thing about showmanship was just being able to get the chance to go show in the ring and talk to other breeders about like tips and tricks on how to clean the hooves and uh, clip correctly and everything. So that was definitely an accomplishment and a highlight of my night. Um. <laughs> what about Saturday? How, what, what did you think about the youth management test and, and the judging you know, contest? It was definitely stressful having me do the paper and all the judging uh, judging classes. But then it really just came to the end of it where I was like, I got this. It's fine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Caroline, I'm going to look at you because I know this is your last youth event here uh, this year in, in youth events. And I know it's a a special time here for not only you, but for your mom as well. What did you think about your last year on the youth events here? I actually had a really good time. Um, so we competed in fitting team. I had an awesome team made up of the pink ladies. So you can picture Greece with that. Um, we did end up getting second. Woo! Thank you, Kate, for, for getting first. But, you know, good team to, good team to beat us. So, um, and then... You know, it's really funny. The management test, you know, it's it's great to go in there and you're all confident and you get out of it. And you're thinking, man, this test was not like at a senior level, right? Like it was easier this year. And then you start asking questions with the other youth and you start talking and they say, oh, I put this down. Oh, I put this one down. And then that's when you start second guessing. Pretty sure the poor person who judged mine ended up with paragraphs and some write-in answers, but <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> Tate, I forgot you when we were talking here, so I'm coming around <laughs> to you here. You, as a collegiate livestock judger here, not on the dairy side, but on the livestock side here, what did you think about the youth judging contest? Here? So I think it's really interesting how different that the ADGA judging contest is than most contests because... Um, like Cameron said, I am on a collegiate livestock judging team, so I've gotten the chance to compete at many different national level contests, and 
just the way things are run is so interesting. And I just really like how Adga does things because they keep it simple and they keep it to the point, but they're still high quality livestock to evaluate. And they still ask really good questions that make you think and um, just really make you use your judging abilities in different ways. Well, I think Kate pointed out and said something really important that that's something that Adga does very well. And I, I, I think that goes back to our judges training that we do with, with judges and the conferences that we have. And, and we train people to use the set of reasons. And that was implemented this year where you had to give some some reasons, right? You had to give some type of, uh, there was a question portion at this right. year to the, to the judging contest where the judges asked three different questions as tiebreaker questions here that were only used there. But it was simple, maybe not simple questions as I'm looking at the, everyone here that can understand that event. <laughs> but um, it was questions like, which doe was the longest from hips to pins? Or which one had the sharpest withers? Or I'm not trying to give answers away here, but which one was deepest in the heart girth? I know that was specifically one question. And you all came back and you were like, where's the heart girth at? <laughs> <laughs> so um, that, that to me was, um, it made you think a little bit. Don't you agree? Yeah. So that was an exciting new addition to the youth events this year. So, we'll, uh, oh, I'm just trying to facilitate here. Let's talk about the Lamanta show. We've got a couple of Lamanta breeders here. Ashley, I'm looking at you here. Yeah. Um, what did you think about the Lamanta show? Um, I, it, for me, it was my first national, um, so it was a really um, good experience for me. Uh, I placed with uh, three out of four of my milkers. Um, I had a 10th place uh, yearling milker, um, but more importantly, it was, you know, you see a lot of animals um, online all the time that you sort of admire, uh, that you look up to certain herds that have worked really hard to get where they are, um, and so seeing some of those animals in person, in the flesh, um, and really getting to get a good look at them and an idea of what I want to improve in my herd um, and where I'm going to go to do exactly that. Um this is a really great opportunity to see those animals and talk to those breeders that have been doing this for a lot longer than I have. Um, I've only been breeding since 2017, so um, it was just a really good opportunity to see all of that and sort of be amongst uh, some of the breeders that I've looked up to and admired for, you know, the few years that I've been breeding. So, so one of the things that I often tell people when they're first t saying that they're ready to, like, take that next step with their dairy goat um, project is you got to get to a national show. Even if you don't show, don't show if you can, but even if you don't show, that is like, to me, the catalyst that really bumps your breeding program forward. And I know that the first national show I went to, I saw a lot of what you said, you know, wow, these are amazing animals and I can use this to get this that I need and that that I don't. But on the flip side, I saw some herds that I'm like, oh, man, they look totally different in picture yeah. than they do in person. And, wow, I'm really glad I saw them in person. Was there anything on the flip side that you were surprised that they weren't quite what you thought they were? Yeah. You, don't yeah. say names. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's, um, it's a really good, uh, you know, a lot of people can uh, talk a big talk or make themselves look really fantastic. Um, that's all in, you know, even taking good pictures and stuff, sure. you know, um, but seeing an animal in person, um, not even necessarily getting to, to put your hands on an animal, because 
that. But seeing them in person and seeing where they place um, when a you know a nationally like recognized judge is, is showing them, and not just that, but two judges um, that are getting to decide you know what is the best of the best in South Thursday. Um, it's really eye-opening. Um, it really helps you to kind of formulate where do I want to improve my herd? What are things that I that I need uh, to add? Um, and where am I going to go to do that? Uh, it's not necessarily uh, what you necessarily think, um, but uh, definitely I, I took away a lot of footnotes and uh, readings. So I uh, currently have a tentative reading list on my website, but that will be changing. <laughs> All right. How many people's reading lists have changed since the national show? Everybody's hey, hey, Okay. Informal poll here. Who's uh, who will do their reading list on the way back home? Raise their hands. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what. That's how you stay awake, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that and you think of names for next year. Does anybody do that too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a list of names, but then. Exactly. I think I think the, the naming of the goat kind of comes in spur of the moment too. You see it. Does that goat really look like a, a, a passion or something like that? There. So, um, yeah, I, I completely agree. One thing that we have in this large group here is we have people with a lot of goats that they brought to the national show, and then we have some people with less than a lot of goats. So. Oh, well, no. Those that don't have any. Okay. Yes. Yes, James. Show up the show. See, I think that's the way to go. Hey, less overhead. <laughs> yes. But still have the fun of being up there in the final lineup. That's like the perfect. Yeah. So I'm looking at you guys in the back here today. And we're talking about having less goats here, without having to do hours of milking and chores and feeding one, watering here. I'm looking at you. What do you do with all your free time at the national show? Um, I clip goats for people. This entire week, I've clipped bodies, otters. Just yesterday, I clipped 33 otters for people for various herds. So were any of them Nigerians? I did pretty much every breed this week except for sables. I didn't get them in. Why didn't you ask us? We had plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, I definitely will, will get a hold of you ahead of time. <laughs> That sounds great. I wish I had time to do other people's guns and others. Well, when you only bring a few, it's you got to make fun and got to put your time in somewhere else. So did you choose to get out of the venue at all or just choose to be a slave to the goat life or what, what, what was it there? Uh, growing up in the cow world, I chose the goat world because it's a miniature cow, basically. And it, then then you kind of became, became a slave for the goat world. <laughs> How many people have done something outside of the venue here, like gone on, I don't know, some trips or maybe to Hershey or things like that? Um, we took a trip to the Echo Dell Caverns, I believe it was called. And I don't know, it was a really great experience. It's only like an hour, hour and a half, and you get to go down and it's like 51 degrees down there. So it's really cool, well thought out, and they have two peacocks, uh, and they really like the fans, so... There you see go. them and watch peacocks too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They have a petting zoo too there, but don't be petting those goats. And then come back and pet your own. 
for those national show veterans in the audience, with my veterans, I mean, you've been to three or more nationals. How often do you even get out of the barn? You don't. No. I knew that was coming from you, James. I think there have been times when I think when my boys were younger that we always made a choice to do something. But oftentimes that wasn't with dad. It was with mom. So, um, I mean, I do remember when we took you all over to Boston when we were in Massachusetts. The first time when we went to Salem, we, we did some sightseeing there. But then mom and grandma and grandpa took you to Plymouth Rock. I mean, so there's just things that I think you, you have to kind of do some of those things when when you're close to things that you may not ever get a chance to see again. When you're a good parent. Or if you're like me, then... <laughs> Well, I'm not a good parent because I'm the one who was always staying back at the barn because I'd make some reason why I had to stay back here. Honestly, though, I think that depended on how many breeds you had. Yeah. Right. For sure. So, sorry. If you have, like, down days, we say down days of days that you're not showing, and then we forget it's both. I show tomorrow, so I have to get these goes ready, and I have to quit, and I have to wash, and I get to, you know, put the tea tape on, and, you know. Down days are not necessarily not busy days. They're just not showcase. Or you get voluntold to do yeah, things. Yeah, I was going to say, to, you know, we only have one breed. Right. Well, minus Elizabeth one Sonic we brought. I've been to national shows. Only one of those have I actually gone off the grounds <laughs> to go and do something. Yeah. Whether it ends up secretarying for the ring or live streaming for Adka or, I mean, you just... I think you also get caught up in the shows. Yeah. You you walk over there. Really do. You, you walk over to the show and you're like, oh my it's god, like look at these goats. And and like you can't like I, I know Kate. There were a couple times we wanted to go back to the Airbnb and we'd be I'd be like, let's wait till they do the national champion because you want to see that. You want to be there. That's just um a really awesome moment. And and we pointed this out. I just want to say hats off to the judges. And, and there have been here that really turned that moment into pageantry. Like Mark, 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 Mark did a great job with that. Joan Dean Rao did a great job with that. And today when when Anna told her story about being the youth rep here and working with Joan Dean Rao, Absolutely. that was amazing. That's what you want. You want to see the human side of, of, of that. Your judges. Of the judges. Yeah. And so when you just turn the mic on and you say well, here's my lineup, and I like all of them, but the one that's really standing out to us is blah, blah, blah. If you want some, you want some pageantry. It's part of being here at the national show. I'll tell you something else that really stood out in my mind today. I mean, there's almost always somewhat of a crowd around what a national champion's picked. But, man, I'll tell you what. Those Nigerian dwarf people, <laughs> listening to the cheering that went on, when class winners would win, and then when they picked the national champions, that, that was fun. It was yeah. fun to hear people, woohoo, you know, you and cheering and clapping. Nubians and, too. and, and Nubians, and too. Having been in the ring during all that, it honestly makes it more fun doing it. Oh, yeah. You know, you're out there six, eight, I don't even know how long we were in the ring today. <laughs> but time, but. By the time we or by the time we were done, I was exhausted. I was tired. But being out there in that champion lineup, hearing people just holler, just clap, everything like that, it makes the day work. Yeah, I 
I agree that I totally agree there. And again, it truly, I think we sometimes in the national show we lose track of time because we don't. One, we probably don't check our phones at all. And and two, the biggest thing is that we are we are also visiting with people throughout the process as well when we're watching these shows. And three, I think the biggest thing as well is we get lost in the moment. There is so, you know, we think there's 24 hours in a day here, but in a goat show, there's really only about three hours-ish that you have downtime. You're doing utters or watching your goats or something because you're talking to me. Okay, something that I will say really threw me off today is standing in that ring, you know, you're in an enclosed building. Oh, yeah. You very much so lose track of time. No idea. What you know, in my mind, at one point, it was 10 o'clock in the morning. When I finally looked at the clock, it was noon. <laughs> one o'clock. You know, you lose, I mean, you completely lose track of time. Oh, when you look out at the door and you see a black pit where the sun should be shining through, it's like, whoa. Where the or it's opposite, where you think it's 4 o'clock in the afternoon and it's really 10 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> How many people here know what's happening in the outside world right now? What? what no, the outside world? What? I don't even know what day it is. Truly. What's the day? I don't know what day Well, it's Wednesday because tomorrow's Thursday. It's the last day. That's the only reason why you know what day. All I see on Facebook is what I'm seeing here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, but it's like you have no concept of what's happening. Yeah, I did see something about maybe gas prices have fallen a little bit. I was thinking, maybe, I don't know, a little bit. I didn't see much. But gas I think, prices have, diesel prices have. Oh. <laughs> so those of us who use gas to get home might pay a little less to get home. You know, one thing that I was thinking this morning, not to sugarcoat, there are some things in, in the Agda world that aren't happy right now. But really, this has been a pretty, pretty positive, drama-free week. Even with the part. setbacks that we've had. Yeah, you know, even with that. One thing I will say, you know, having been here just for the couple of days that I have, it has been a very relaxed, smooth-going, just awesome show so far. And I don't think that would be really possible without all the amazing volunteers that we've had. Yeah, and I am going to point out, Devin here, I mean, fantastic job being a second or um, drink steward. I mean, you know, a show doesn't... Okay, okay. For all... Oh. 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 Well, I appreciate all the compliments. <laughs> <laughs> he's blushing. Listeners, he's blushing. Thank God for the people stepping up like Devin that, like, are willing to volunteer and do the hard work. And, you know, it's hard just bringing goats, let alone trying to step up the extra mile on top of that, too. So, hey, Devin, would you like to So, on the same note, yes. one thing that I would like to say is the people at the National Show that do not get enough credit are those that are ring-storing. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that are out there Working through every class that comes through the rings, you know, working on numbers, trying to figure out who's in the class, who's not. So, the ring stewards do not get enough credit, in my opinion. You know who else is the vet check people? Like, what, I think one of you brought up. Like, oh my gosh. It takes a small village. Raise your hand in this group here if you've ever worked vet check. One, two, three, four, 
four people. I know my dad has worked in the past, so, so five people in this group have worked that check. It's not a fun experience by any means. It is not only physically exhausting, but I think it's also a little psychologically exhausting because it can be a very emotional very thing. Much so. It can be an emotional thing, especially when we have unfortunate circumstances like health papers um, not being written correctly or potential sick animals as well. And we don't ever want to see a sick animal. I, as well as all people probably in this group here, are pro-goat show. We want to see everyone show their goat because at the end of the day, that's what we love is to show our goats. Otherwise, we wouldn't be spending our days here. So, well, I, I'll point out Grace here. She spent a lot of time helping with registration. And I'm going to say I've worked registration at national shows for years. And this year was definitely the most challenging with the new system. Not that the system's bad, and this has nothing to do with NG. It has to do completely with the program that we use, which was a great program, an easy way for us to enter our animals and come here. But then it was difficult for us to handle things like substitutions. It was difficult to handle things like scratches. And we had piles of cards, and it was we didn't have the manpower on that day to get all that information in. And that's certainly something that I think will be discussed through the National Show Committee um, in terms of doing it. And that might be a good question. What is something that you guys all think that should be considered by the National Show Committee as maybe an alternative or a change so that might be better? One question I would like to ask is how many people here like the new system in terms of entering for the, or for the Nationals? I it was much simpler. Uh, yeah, I wish we could, I, you know, let me talk about it from a little, I, 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 well, I think that's everyone wishes we but I wish that we, one year when we were entering goats, we had the ability, I think through an API, in order to pull in data from Ross, which was so easy to yeah. do, and it would self-populate everything there, um, and I know my dad is making fun of me because I'm using programming language here. Um, it's an application programming interface that connects with really two different systems there. Thank so, you. Thank, thank you. you. Sorry for that. Did that help anybody else here? <laughs> yeah. okay, thank you. So it's a connection between two different systems. So we were able to pull in data from Ross right into a show works uh, system there. And so the two systems would talk and be linked together. So all that information was printed out seamlessly there. Okay. So, yes, so, we don't have that. So the next thing is, is when even during the 90s show, the current system that they used this year, which I think was probably the best available system for them to use, was the amount of characters allowed for an animal name when it came to announcing replacements. Oh, you know, there yeah. were several animals that it was cut off, big name. Did this by the time you added the SGCH, by the time you added just the CH, you know, the name was cut off. So, my thing is, is can we talk to the company that we used for entering this year to add for more characters? That's, that's, that's a good recommendation. Yes, yeah. That is, that's good there. Yeah. Good there. Uh, let's go around here. Uh, Blake, uh, Seth. I would call you Blake, sorry. Seth, this is Seth Blake here. Um, what do you think? Um, what do you think could be better? Oh, oh, better? No. Better? Um, well, I just, I'm not sure how much of it's on Agba, but I know the milk dump off the main barn 
for a while has been curdling and overflowing. And I think that might be, you know, by wafting into the barn and you get hit with a wall of curdled milk and the half of the barn by milk. Dump. And I'm not, I think it might fall more on the fairgrounds and disposal, but I mean, yeah, I don't like smelling milk where I'm sleeping in the barn. Can I poke the bear? Yeah, poke the bear. Let's talk about milk check. Like, like milking <laughs> out before your breed shows. Oh. So, for our listeners who might not have a lot of history on that, this gets talked about at least five times every year. And you have some people who are totally adamant that you have to have a pre-show milk out for every breed. And there are other people who are like, what difference does it make? Why do we need to do this? And then there's something in the middle that looks at the logistic problem of we don't have enough people to do milk check. I mean, nobody wants to volunteer to do it. Okay. Very few people want to volunteer to do it, I guess. Right? I understand the milk out on the national show level, but everybody on a level playing field. You know, those does that are milked out, checked on the national show level, I understand that. My problem is, is you have too few of people from the national show committee that are willing to, just even on the committee itself, you know, they don't have to be the ones to necessarily check the udders, but, you know, when it came to the Nigerian show, I only ever saw one person in this particular barn where we're at. The only person on the National Show Committee that I saw was actually the acting president going around doing milk checks. Yeah. Yeah, that's totally true. In my opinion, there should be a stipulation with those on on the show committee to do one or two milk checks but the problem with that is that milk checks come at very inopportune times for those people that are on the National Show Committee that are showing multiple breeds. We were showing um, alpines when it was sable milk outside. We got the sables milked out, but there was nobody here to check the sables. And I'll be honest with you, our sables weren't checked. I mean, they were okay. checked two and, a, two and a half hours after. Two okay. and a half hours afterwards, and it was just a, a tattoo check because at that point, they're not telling us to take milk out because they're already making milk again because they're 3,000 pound milk. My question is, is how many people are on the National Show Committee? There are a lot of people on the National Show Committee, but they're not all here. And okay. so, so that so that there begs the question what there needs to be. This is where when you have a national show with a host group, then the host group always would be responsible for getting volunteers to do that. So why now we don't have a host why group. Why don't we have a host group anymore? That's a, discuss- that's a decision that the American Dairy Goat Association made um, in order to help streamline the process there. It can be revisited at some point, but again, that's a decision that was made at some point how along is it, the way. So, my question is, how is it streamlined anything? Well, one, one of the issues, I think, was in, in the whole process of choosing venues for a national show, that it was, guys, tell me if I'm getting this wrong, but kind of started with a local group putting a bid in to host a national show. And so many, like 
for example, I know that there was a venue in um, Nebraska at one time, not the one at Grand Island, but there was one in um, Lincoln, Nebraska, that they were very excited about having a national show. But their local group was really small. So they thought, well, we'll get Missouri to go into it in Iowa and Kansas and all of us will work together. And they just never were able to get that done. And so it's really hard when, when the membership is so adamant that they want to have a national show at multiple venues and multiple places around the country. If there's not a host group that's willing to facilitate that, it got really hard. So that's why they kind of went away from it. Do I get that right? I, I would add just having done events of this size and even with closer to 14 to 25,000 animals um, when it comes to rabbits. I think it's, we have to remember volunteers don't just have to be on the committee. Um, all of this is on the backs of a lot of volunteers and it's not enough people to get something at this scale done while showing um, animals and we're busy. So if you have time, it's a good way, you know, if people have questions and want to get involved with that, yeah, that's a really good way to make this connection. You know, volunteer for a milk check. I, I went um, more as a spectator last year um, for different animals or anything. I was able to do that and get more involved now I'm on the committee. I, I think, you know, it's really easy to question why things aren't being done or being done as well as they could, but if you're going to question that, I definitely say get involved and um, kind of experience it to get that more of an understanding of how it's working in the background. Um. So touching on milk tests again, I don't know like what your guys' thoughts were, but I was under the impression it was more like an animal welfare as a national organization, you know, from outside organizations looking in. We are making sure that all of our does aren't over a certain amount of milk to be in the ring. And I, I was under the impression milk out is more for the doe welfare than like inconveniences. Or, yeah. So, well, I'm looking at it this way going, I remember nationals back several years ago, Ed can attest to this. Um, years ago, instead of going 10 to 10 and walking down the yes. aisles, we used to line up in certain areas with our animals for milk check. Well, so is there if, a way to do that with? Like more biosecurity. Yes, we have a biosecurity concern. Um, but I also would add that that in Gillette, Wyoming, the last time we were there, there was a huge computer snafu. Go figure, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and there were and there were no printout sheets for us Correct. to do milk check. So the determination was made at that particular national show that we were not going to do a milk check. Okay, the entire show, it was fine. It was not an issue. Okay. There, are, there were does that were over-uttered, but there were does that were over everywhere. Yeah, know? my right. argument would be that milk check really does not do very much for preventing over-uttering. True. And, and to be honest, enough. if people really want to, they could circumvent the system. Oh, because, exactly. Because they can milk that goat out. Like, you might have a dough that's a slow filler. Uh, not only two that, hours before the milk check, nobody's seen that. But not only that, an experienced or an experienced person can work milk in their hands and get a minimal screen. Sure. I, I see it as as a breeder, you obviously want to do well at national show. And it's on you to decide what the the prime 
amount of time it, it is for each each individual animal. So I understand what you're saying by even playing field if everybody gets milked out at the same time. But like you know, Ed has said, what if you have a slow slow producer? I mean, I'll, I'll admit we have one in our herd too that she takes longer time. Her prime amount of time may not be 12 hours like some other goats. It might be several hours longer. As so, opposed to that doe that you know that you know you're, you're putting 11 and a half hours of milk in her because you and know she's like show ready. Well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just important that like you know, you know as a breeder you you make sure the animal's welfare is you know important. But when you look I, at it. I think one of the questions might be, how many of you go to shows still where there are milk outs? Never. No. I haven't been to one. Never. Nationals. That's it. Never. So when you bring up the whole thing about animal welfare, there there are numerous numerous places. Since we're a national organization, though, and we're live streaming worldwide, I mean, is this something that nationally it needs to be considered just because we are under speculation of the world at this time. It's true. And, and, and this event, I have not only seen um, people from across the United States, but I've also seen people internationally as well here. Yeah, uh, yeah. People from uh, Mexico Brazil. and Brazil and uh, a large contingent. We have to remember as well that we are not only, um, you know, not only fellow goat enthusiasts from across the country are watching this, but potentially anyone that is a goat enthusiast across the world is watching this as well. America has the best goats. <laughs> so, but on the same what? note, we are listed as the American Dairy Goat Association. But we have animals that are registered how many other continents. Excellent. I, I, I guess I would also argue, though, I think judges need to feel empowered to excuse those animals that are over entered because even with the milk out time that we have we still see animals that can't hardly walk right now i will say i feel like at this national show it's been much better yes. than it has been in years past yes. but i won't say excuse or sent out to milk out yeah. a little bit i the think only thing sent out to otherwise everyone's gonna push it until the judges feel empowered to say that's too much well, I feel like lower in places though, because since I know a herd that it happened to last year, she was docked one, two, three places in the top ten lineup because she was over uttered. To me, docking those places when I'm in top ten, that's enough for me not to want to over utter my dog. Yeah. Last nationals, I recall a breeder being sent out to relieve animals that I particularly recall was 2008. They were sent out to relieve because they were overrun. When you get a string of goats that you're bringing in, it's very difficult to manage those if you're trying to show them and get them ready. Well, you almost have to have a separate string of people that are getting the animals ready. Especially if you're one class after the other. Right. And so it is very conceivable that that could happen. Very oh, conceivable. Very, very much And so. so I think having judged national shows, if I've ever seen that, I would say to the person, I'm going to ask you, please, to step outside the range and in a, in a stainless steel bucket, take some milk out of the snow and bring her back in. And, and I've seen it happen. To be honest, I had it happen in Pueblo, Colorado. It, it was a case where my dough was too full. And I just I believe mean, it. I think that was a good 
by Sue Barker and Julie Mathis to take my dinner and take some milk out. And I said, yeah, I said, I, I can do that. And it was a situation where she was milking a lot of milk and things had gotten away and she did walk a little bit better, but she still, she, she was puffing pretty badly. She was milking so much that it was really a problem right um, And I took her out and milked her out and I brought her back in and I'm like, exactly, that's what we needed to see. I don't feel like it was that much of a change, but it was it was it was satisfied then, and if they felt it satisfied to go, they didn't better move. with her for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I think she was fit. And <laughs> the biggest thing for the judges in just having show, having seen all that, is they're wanting to see the texture of that hammering system, and they're just making sure that that handling is. I would say I've talked to a number of board members, national show committee members who want that to be revisited. And so look for something to happen in in terms of discussion with that. And we'll see, Lori, you brought that up. So I would point out that I think think it will be something that you talked about. All right. And I would say if, if you feel very strongly one way or another about it, talk to your director. Well, and that's a great point here, and we've delved, dived really deep into that. I think it's important, though, that we get one last word in here. So let's tell one good thing. One good thing. Let's go around the circle here. Everybody tell one good thing that's happened this week. It can be a goat placing. It can be an experience. It could be, hey, I saw XYZ person that I've never met before, but I've only stalked him on the Internet, okay? So uh, we're going to go ahead and start over here with Elizabeth. Go ahead, Elizabeth. I think it's, you know, almost the same thing every time I come to Nationals. It's so amazing to get to see, you know, ghosts that you haven't seen in a while, ghosts that you wanted to see in a while, and helped establish establish your the style that you see that you want to aim for. So, But also getting to see all your fantastic friends and buddies. It's always great to see that. 
Laura, go ahead. Please don't hurt my goat. <laughs> I'm cracking up until this goat eat my daughter. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I really, I really feel like that this week has kind of made me fall in love with some things about dairy goats that maybe I'd forgotten about. You know, looking out in the ring and seeing this just amazingly beautiful animal, even if it's not your own breed, and you just realize, wow, dairy goats are—they're just pretty dang special. And that's that's probably the, my gift for this week. So. Grace. Um, I mean, this is probably going to be as far as places the worst national show I ever have. I hope so. Um, but it, it's kind of—I mean, I knew which animals were going to be well coming in, but it also gives me the confidence that I know where it's going and something about I thought I had already brought it and everything and that has been planned. Um, but it's going in the right direction, and you know, sometimes we're bringing one up and messes some things up. But I kind of know, especially with some of the placings of other animals, um, related to how that did well. And Buffs of mine actually hit that place that I brought um, this down. So, second, fifth, and other top mine places. So, that was kind of interesting to see that it did well for others. Awesome. Ashley? Um, so, I am a buff hoarder. Uh, <laughs> Most of us are here. I'm proud of it. Um, but it was um, really neat to see uh, a lot of the genetics um, on the flip side of what we had discussed earlier. That I, you know, a lot of genetics that I brought in um, that I admired um, and kind of solidified those feelings about wanting to add those into my herd um, and work with those certain genetics. Um, so seeing those folks in person um, and sort of some other breeding decisions that I had um, was really neat. Um, kind of Dr. Ed? Um, I think having successfully navigated having 43 head of goats here with you and we didn't kill each other, <laughs> I think that is... That yes. deserves an applause. <laughs> I really, I have enjoyed it. I've enjoyed um, every moment and I've enjoyed working with you and Thank God for Kate, who has um, kept us sane through the week. So, it's not an easy job. It's not an easy job playing Jablonski, let me tell you. <laughs> James, go ahead. In my case, I've only been here for a couple of days. You know, having the honor and privilege of showing the uh, first place junior kid Nigerian, the uh, senior uh, yearling Nigerian that went on to win uh, junior champion, and then having the uh, privilege as well to show the first place milking yearling and uh, second place uh, five, six-year-old uh, milking Nigerian that went on to be reserve national champion. So, I mean, it's been a pretty good nationals for me to have flown out to be a part of. So that's kind of been the highlight of my nationals this year. Awesome. What? For me, I, I think it's... Along with everybody, what everybody's already said, just kind of the basics of what people are going to say down the line. I think for me, my biggest thing was this is only my second nationals, and I got to bring a doe that I bred and owned. And for me, that was over the moon. I never thought I'd have anything close to the genetics or just the composition that would stand up to any competition. Awesome. I think uh, for me, coming from the perspective of I've been out of 
the goat world off the farm for the past three years. My last show was last year's nationals. I get to see some of the kids that we planned their readings coming back from nationals, get into their classes and make their cut. And it's been really nice seeing, you know, every goat we brought did make the cut, but seeing our younger start stocks start placing better and it's just improving. And it's been a blessing and my shout out to my parents real fast because they are doing all of the heavy lifting while I'm living it up in Hawaii. Bless them, but I'll be back soon. <laughs> Devin? So for me, it's actually not really placing related or goat related. It is just um, the fact that I really do refer to my goat friends as my goat family. And when the flooding was happening and 12 pens were destroyed and our pens were inches away from getting flooded, I saw people that I didn't even know, close friends, office staff, our ADCA president, um, everyone, it didn't matter who you were, picked up a broom, picked up a squeegee, pushed water, got in there, got their feet wet and helped, and really, truly put the effort in to make sure that everyone stayed as safe as possible. So it was less about placings and what happened in the ring and more about getting to truly experience what it means to be part of the dairy goat community for me. Seth? Uh, so I guess my favorite part, uh, it's been pretty hard being aged out of youth for my first year, but it's been the first time I've been able to be free and help like all of my friends and all of the kids that are interested in getting better in showmanship. And being able to sit ringside for two hours and watch, you know, what we worked on till 3 a.m. the night before and watch them make the cut, which was their goal, and then to make that top 10, that top five. And then see Cade, you know, win first. It's amazing to just see all of your friends just doing so well and being so happy for everyone. I agree with them. The youth program is amazing here. I brought a 12-year-old and an 18-year-old and watched them all work together with other kids that have been um, showing for years. And they were keeping their secrets close to their chest. They were sharing them gladly. And everyone was having a wonderful time. And again back to the flooding we were imminently going to be flooded and as soon as they released everybody there was five of us working on it as soon as they released everyone from that showroom all of a sudden there's 40 50 like yeah, it was crazy so everyone you know was worried about who needed help and they were willing to give it go people are the best uh, so i'll fully admit i'm still kind of on a high from being able to show a national champion um i Went into the class and helping um, the owner and got first. And Cameron looks at me and goes, great, now you get to go into grand. And I'm thinking, no, no way. The owner won't want to do so. No, apparently it is a super superstition that the person who wins in the class goes into grand with it. So I did learn that. No. No, it's just a superstition. So that, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. As he said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So that was that was pretty incredible. Okay, go ahead. Um, so although I did get to spend my week with the Jablowski boys, that was pretty great in itself. But honestly, just getting to come and see all the different goat people that you don't get to see for years or months, whatever, and seeing all the beautiful animals that they bring, it's just something that's truly just exciting to absorb and take in. Alright, I'm gonna wrap up here with one last poll. Who thinks goat people are literally the best human beings in the world? Yeah. We're awesome! 
We are awesome. <laughs> and that is what is the one good thing for me is that goat people are awesome. That's all I have to say. Yeah. They're even better. Yeah. You know, whether your goat was where you thought it should place or it wasn't, you're still taking that goat home no matter what. And you're still going to look at her and love her just and the same as you did before. That's right. <laughs> Amen. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us this week. We appreciate it here. And we're going to wrap this up. Laura? So if you like us, give us your feedback. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to us. We have really loved being part of all of our listeners' lives, your goat lives and otherwise. And we will see you on the flip side. Thanks for being part of us this week. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> that was good.